Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I was there at FedEx Field not only to see the Washington Commanders just come out uninspired and, and play a really dreadful game at home against the Cleveland Browns, losing 24-10, to 10, but I stuck around afterwards while I was working to see the Green Bay Packers win their game, which means combined with the Detroit Lions winning earlier and Washington losing, we don't have to talk about the playoffs anymore. The commanders are eliminated from the scene. It's really hard to believe that we spent this the last, you know, month, give or take, discussing the postseason, what are the chances to get in, what happens if they do get in, to the fact that we are now saying they are eliminated and there's still one game to go is stunning in the moment. But anybody who's obviously been paying attention to this 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 franchise for a while isn't really that surprised, unfortunately. Um, Michael Phillips, our friend from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, he joined me after the game. We went through a lot of the situations, a lot more big picture talk uh, uh, than sort of get the game analysis because it just felt like that was more pertinent at the moment. Um, you can read my story on The Athletic. It'll be up on uh, Monday morning. Also, sort of from like a big picture perspective, David Aldridge wrote a column as well. You can check that out on The Athletic. And there's still time if you subscribe and you haven't yet subscribe. Click on one of the uh, click on my article. And you can subscribe. There's still, I believe, a cheap uh, New Year's week uh, situation going on. So check that out. Last chance to get something like that. I say last chance. There's always some kind of a discount, but this is a pretty good one. Uh, I believe it's like a dollar a month for uh, a full year. Um, and, of course, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. I'll get to Michael in a second. You know, I, I got I got back home and I, and I clicked on to Twitter and I, uh, you know, I'm typically on Twitter a lot, but I hadn't really been tweeting a ton since the game ended. And I decided to just sort of throw out, how's everybody doing? How is everybody kind of feeling about the game? About the game? And obviously a lot of people are, you know, bummed out to various degrees at Big Baller 136, just uh, frustrated. Um, at C Whitting 57 said pissed and disgusted. Um, fair sentiments. I totally get that. Others said, hey, look, we really didn't expect much this, you know, with, with this group anyway, with, particularly with Snyder as the owner. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, uh, Stephen Leary wrote, shoot, did anyone actually think we were any good at all? Uh, good, good at all this year? The entire landscape of the NFL is shifting again, and we are still stuck in the mediocrity bucket. And where's this other one I wanted to mention here? Uh, oh, well, here's one. At Odie underscore three said, couldn't care less, honestly. So worn out with this team, I don't even feel anything. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I get that. One one thing I wanted to make a note here. Uh, so Trenner's underscore takes said, really disappointed that Coach Rivera put his hopes of finding a franchise QB meaning Carson Wentz, ahead of the team. Um, I, I do think this is an, a, a note to, to mention here. Um, I mean, there's something to this, right? I mean, even as I discussed what 
why they were going to Wentz or why, to me, it made some sense. Part of it was the idea that if they don't figure out who their quarterback is for next year, they're going to have to do this all over again. And, you know, the the other aspect is, as you people who listen to me know, I'm a fan of the show Survivor, right? And what you see from a strategy standpoint over the years is there are people who are playing to win and there are people who are, who are just existing and willing to accept third or fourth place. By, by that, I mean, sometimes you can make a really bold move and if it blows up in your face, you may end up coming in seventh or eighth or ninth. But if it worked, you had a chance to compete. There are other, and, and I guess I would just say, and I hope this doesn't come across as being disrespectful, that Taylor Heineke, to a degree, is sort of playing for that, just playing to play in that third, fourth, fifth place kind of a deal. I, I understand that third or fourth place in the NFL is different, but you know what I mean. Um, by that, I just mean, look, Taylor Heineke obviously had, he's done he's done a, a great, great work, right? I mean, there's no arguing what he's done has been really impressive, Um over his last two years, but it only gets to a certain point. And Rivera wanted to get past that. That's why he went searching for a quarterback this offseason. Clearly, Carson Wentz did not work out. I think a lot of people thought, myself included, that it was a pretty questionable call in the moment. But, okay, Carson Wentz, that doesn't mean he couldn't be better than what they had. And we see with his with the arm talent and all that kind of stuff that if he's going well, that maybe – he would give them that higher ceiling, that chance to come up and 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 win the game. I could, again, I don't really mean the Super Bowl, but I mean make the playoffs and be able to contend. Again, clearly that's uh, proven to be an unwise thing, but it's why I don't have a problem that he went to Wentz. But I, the whole situation though is clearly problematic, and they have they're they're back to figuring out what their quarterback situation is going forward. And uh, we'll see. Now, it, we'll, we'll talk to Rivera tomorrow. And it, like I said, it's really stunning that we're going to be talking to him now about what's gone wrong in the offseason rather than about possibly getting into the playoffs. More to come on the podcast this week, of course. By the way, I should have said this at the top. Happy New Year to everybody. I uh, hope everybody is well. Hope you guys had a good night. Uh, it was a great college game on uh, Saturday night, unfortunately, even if you were in a good mood, you're probably incredibly bummed out at this point or just completely indifferent to the whole situation, which both, both, both emotions I do get. Um, all right, let's just get to this here. Here's my conversation post game with Michael Phillips. Uh, again, we'll have more to discuss, uh, based on what sort of whatever Rivera says when we speak to him next. Uh, and we'll see about some injuries as well. He, Rivera did say, I'll mention that Cam Curl, he said Cam Curl didn't, not only did he not play because of the ankle, but that a second opinion showed there may be a little bit more going on there. He did not give us more details, but that, you know, we did see Cam Curl after the game, so he's not on crutches or anything, but that is notable. So I would, I would imagine we won't see him next week. Either way, we'll need to find out more about him. John Allen, who hurt his knee during the game and others. So we'll, we'll find that later in the week. But for now, my conversation with Michael Phillips here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. As promised, joining me here at FedEx Field is uh, our pal Michael Phillips with the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Michael, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, we don't exactly have a uh, great uh, topic to discuss. It's sort of like a you know festive New Year's thing, but regardless, 
Happy New Year. I was told this was the Major Tutty podcast. We were just going deep on his backstory, his origin, uh, you know, memes, all of it. No, it's, boy, it's like, just the air taken out of this place so, so quickly. They didn't even waste any time laying the egg. And in a must-win game, that was that was a tough that was a tough watch in a lot of ways, and uh, I mean, I felt for Carson Wentz as a human man, like just getting booed off the field. That stinks, but I mean, pe- people paid their money. They they were told by Ron this this would be different, um, and for you know what feels like the billionth consecutive year, it is not different. You know, we, we know why they went for the mascot with a uh, with a hog. I think we all get that. I'm, <laughs> I was joking that. What they should have come up with after this is like an emotional support animal, because clearly <laughs> every, Mando. We need Mando. Right. Clearly everybody needs a hug a, a, after this. I mean, like you said, it, it's one thing to lose. I made this comment. Somebody else like we watched yesterday. For those of you who watched the Ohio State uh, Georgia yeah. game, yeah. amazing game. Sure. No losers per not se, but somebody's gonna win. Somebody's gonna lose. Yeah. That was not the feeling here. It's not like Cleveland came out yeah. and crushed it. Cleveland in the first half in particular was just looking pretty sloppy, pretty messy. Deshaun Watson only completed nine passes in the whole game. Uh, And yet, it almost didn't feel like it was even that close, particularly once the second half got going and and Cleveland started to, you know, make some plays offensively and Washington just never got it going. An unbelievably disappointing game. And this really felt like, you know, I think even during the winning streak, to me, there was always this constant feeling of, okay, I, I can see Lucy holding the ball. <laughs> getting, I'm getting ready to yeah. run towards the playoffs yeah. and kick it. But I'm like, yeah, I'm a little nervous. And today, she pulled it. Now, at the moment you and I are talking, this isn't over. I'll I'll uh, update once we officially know what's going on it's with Green close, Bay. It's pretty close to over, yeah. Yeah, pretty close. Green Bay's up 24-3 right now. If Green Bay wins, Washington. Even if, they, even if they don't, man, you need three results next week. Like, yeah, they, I mean... We're not in a great spot here. Not, not. And, and the Cowboys are playing for something next week. Like, uh, so I, I would assume we'll get to see see all the boys, Dak. Right. Oh no, it, Pollard, it, the the crew. I mean, not that this isn't already d- depressing enough. Yeah. Next week will be a Dallas game here at FedEx Field, in which you can't imagine that too many Commanders fans will be excited. Oh. We already know Dallas fans tend to come up. Regardless, right, it's meaningful. So yeah. they'll they'll have like who knows what massive percentage of fans. Yeah, Dallas if they beat it, it, you know with a win they could win the. Do they automatically get the division if they no, win? No, Eagles stop to lose. Okay, so, so I, as we record this, I fully expect that'll be a four twenty five game on Sunday because you'll have to play it simultaneous with the Eagles game. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying that's how depressing this could be. They could have to have to watch Dallas win the division on their home field with Dallas fans there. By the way, it's like Sonny Jurgensen. They're honoring him. We've done that before with Philly. Remember when the, yeah. the, the Philly game where they all took over and then watched the the end of the other game in the tunnel and were cheering. Like it, it, we've had, we've done, we've done everything by now. We've, we've seen it all, man. We've seen it all. We, we, we really, we really have. Look, you know, the game itself we can discuss in a second, but you know, this is obviously feels like a bigger picture story kind of a day. And again, we don't technically know that they're out, but it's not looking good. And even, even still, regardless of what else happened, they didn't do they didn't come close to doing to doing their job and you know obviously what we've all talked already a lot about the Carson Wentz situation a lot of people were questioning it from the jump I don't know how you couldn't the head coach that was the one who kept saying you may have questions I don't was a quote he gave me right like the day after they made the move and 
you know, I, to a minor degree, bought into the various excuses that were happening to why they struggled early on. Mm-hmm. Brian Robinson wasn't playing the first month. The offensive line was kind of messy. The defense had not morphed into a top 10 unit uh, at, at, at that point, etc. And it's a new season for once. But after this, it's really hard to look at any of that stuff. Even if you want to tell me that this was his first start since and there's some rust or whatever, it's not an excuse. It's week 17. You've got to win. And again, if they come out and lose, okay. I mean, not okay, but like, mm-hmm. okay, but like they, it wasn't even like an attempt to be a winning effort. And the Wentz thing looks just 20 times worse than it did even, you know, before this game started. Sure. So my fear all week was. That, that I thought they were going to win. Um, I thought they were going to beat Dallas because Dallas wouldn't have anything on the line. Now it turned out none of those two, neither of those two things was true. But like I thought, uh oh, maybe Wentz will win them both and they'll accidentally keep them around for another year, and that would be bad. Um, so you can cross that off the list. He's obviously not coming back now. Um, that probably means we got to do this whole quarterback charade thing again. The ownership situation is hanging over all of it. Um, you know, part of the appeal of getting Wentz was there was no guaranteed money, no check needed to be cut there. Um, I think Ron's still got drawing power. I mean, look, man, it's a good offense. Brian Robinson, he's a beast, man. He carries piles. Logan Thomas is a good tight end. He's had a bad year because he's coming back from an ACL. This isn't representative of who Logan Thomas is receiving. They have a good receiving core. Like, this is an appealing offense to be a part of. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I, I go back to a point you made earlier. Like, if you were to drop a path for how Cleveland won this game, it would probably have involved some kind of, like, Deshaun Watson coming out party, breakout game, what have you. And that, that didn't happen today. And I know that Nick Chubb had some big runs, but he, he finished with 104 yards. That's fine. Like, you should win an NFL game if the other team's best player is just a running back who went for 100. That's not that's not special. Like, that's not transcendent. Um but boy, the offense just laid a full and total egg. Um, you know, we, we've obviously we've got many weeks ahead to discuss that. Um, but I, I think that this is probably the end of the line for Scott Turner as this team's offensive coordinator. That's not to say the end of the line for him in the NFL. He'll bounce back. I think he has some very positive attributes. I think he'll learn from this. Um, I think he's called some very good games at times this year. Um, but to have this caliber of weapon uh, of an offense it, and to lay this many duds um you know i kind of echoes of kirk cousins melting down down the stretch in 16 which is it doesn't matter how good he'll be years from now it doesn't scott turner could be really a really good nfl coach in in five to ten years like and kirk cousins is a really good nfl quarterback right now but it didn't matter in that moment in 16 when he melted down down the stretch you just knew it wasn't going to be here the time was up yeah i mean As we, as you were saying, I, I we're gonna like have nine things at you. So no, I'm not, not. Choose from the menu. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> but like what you said, we we're, we're pretty confident there will be some sort of a quarterback search this mm-hmm. offseason, whether that's the Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo route, or they consider the draft, whatever. I think that seems like um, a reasonable call. Can I just interrupt one more time? How good would Sam ha- Hell have to be next week for you to consider him a part of the the competition? I, I mean, look, it, it, you know, it is obviously a stepped up game because for Dallas it actually yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. So it, it, to that extent, he would be getting thrown into the true deep end. And yeah. but yes, it would be hard to think. I mean, they're the ones that see him in practice, so, so they would have to be the ones who would have a better feel for that. But I, I think it would probably be a pretty pretty extraordinary circumstances for that to happen. Um, but what I was gonna say is like. We, we can assume that there'll be a, a quarterback search situation. The, beyond that, like, there's a lot of more questions because you mentioned the ownership thing. That If that doesn't get resolved until the um, owners meeting in March, 
the, look, we don't even know at this point definitively he's selling. We can keep all assuming it, but we don't know anything at this point. Mm-hmm. So until that's resolved, Ron, see, the odds of Rivera staying seem to be pretty reasonable because like a new guy wouldn't be able to come in and Rivera would be making the, the various decisions along the way. But you can't just go run it back beyond that. And no, I think no, this no. is where the point of the coaching staff, we wondered last year, would things change? And, you know, whether it's Scott Turner or other other things, something has to give because this is not working. Yeah. I, mean, I, I do feel bad for Turner to an extent that he, in three years here, the best quarterback he's had, I guess, is Taylor Heineke, which I'm not knocking Taylor Heineke, but if the general belief is he's a backup, that's the best quarterback he's had. That's tough. Um, I don't even know what to really say. I mean, we talk about the offense. Let's just go to the defense for a quick second. Yeah. Come into the game, no Cam Curl, no Benjamin St. Juice. The, the the stats on having on them not having Curl are pretty jarring. Mm-hmm. All their biggest uh, defensive. Uh, blundery kind of games have come with Cam Curl's not been out there. This one wasn't like, you know, again, Cleveland wasn't exactly running up the score, but, you know, I think some of that was a factor here too. Nick Chubb averaged over seven yards a carry. No Cam Curl's a factor uh, there. Then John Allen gets hurt during the game, ruled out with a knee injury. We don't know how serious that is. And for the first time this year, it really felt like the injuries really started to pile up. And I know that Chase Young didn't play all year, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they lost Cahokam a while ago. But this was the game where they just had too many guys out, even on offense to a degree, no no Antonio Gibson. Um, this is where, when you said before, you, you threw too many things out at me, my brain's frying. Yeah, no. But, I, but no, but I'll just say, like, they, this won't be, whatever happened, it can't just be the quarterback. It's going to have to be other things. They're going to have to figure out what what went wrong here and how to how to turn this thing what they're gonna have to do to make to, to make this uh, not repeat itself yeah i think when we put this in the books it's a good season for jack del rio i, I think he overcame a, a lot of things he de- i mean look he developed jamin davis into an nfl caliber player you know not an nfl star he's not going to be an all pro so it you know when you go to the senior bowl and you talk to your people like that will that will forever be a not maximized pick they didn't maximize the pick but he turned a guy who looked really bad last year into a serviceable NFL player. And, uh, this and year. the secondary, like during the point when yeah. they were winning all the games, the secondary was a huge yeah. factor upon it with all with the turnovers and the big hits. Oh, yeah. Danny Johnson came in and played well. I mean, that's a credit to the scheme and a credit to Jack Del Rio. He deserves a tip of the cap for this year. He's, he's coached them well. Uh, I think they give Duran Payne the franchise tag. I think he'll be back just because I think it makes financial sense to do so. It's a good line. I th- I'm encouraged by what I've seen from Chase Young these last couple weeks. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like defensively. Sure, you keep... You keep bolstering there. We all see that. You know, you, you need some more athletes. You need to get deeper. Um, but that, you know, that's not the primary focus. I, I You say quarterback. I say offensive line. Oh, uh, no, I, the offensive I, line definitely has to be dealt with. I think that's number one on my list. Um, you know, you, you, you let Brandon Sheriff and Trent Williams walk in a five-year stretch, and eventually the bill comes due. Um, and, and, look, Matsko held that group together really well the last couple of years. Um He's been making chicken salad, and you gave him one too many beaks this year. It didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't quite turn out. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, when you have a, a Pro Bowl offensive lineman for 12 years in a row, and then you don't have one, there's no linchpin to lean on. I know Scherf was out of the lineup often with injuries, but yeah, it still it matters. It, it, it does matter. Um, I was saying before about Rivera, like that he's, you know. He was maybe the rare person who said he didn't have any real questions about Carson Wentz, and surely that was a sales job. Sure. Because he himself admits he's an optimist. Yeah. 
says it all the time. If he if no if he doesn't believe in what he just did, then nobody else will. So he's going to sell it, and that's what he attempted to do. And obviously that did not work out. Uh, this is a little bit. Of, you call this the bad ownership tax, right? Like a good owner, an organization, and GM and solid foundation would say, "All right, look, we're done chasing this." We're done chasing these veterans. We're, we're bringing in a rookie quarterback next year. We're going to draft a rookie quarterback every single year. I'm not saying first round, but we're going to draft a kid that we like every single year until one of them hits and we get it right, and we're going to run forward with that guy. That's a good organization. A bad organization has everybody on the hot seat 24-7 and too itchy to do that and too itchy to do it the right way. Right, and also, even in the case of, like, they had to, like, again, I don't want to pick on Carson Wentz too much, but they couldn't even get certain guys because certain guys who had options wouldn't want to come here. Heck no. For, for, for those, for those uh, reasons. Um, but I, I was mentioning the sort of the, the his utter faith in, in that Wentz move. It somewhat meant that extra optimism sort of manifested itself post-game because he was asked a question at the podium about whether – if they were if they were to be eliminated today, would Sam Howe yeah. be in position to start next week? Which seems like a reasonable question at some point. If not today, then sure. next time we talk to him. I'm curious. He his his answer was he paused for several seconds, looking straight at the reporter. Yeah, that was Grant Paulson. Yeah, well, I've seen it by now. Yeah, and then he says, "Wait, we can be like basically says, wait, we can be eliminated today.'" And then Grant's like, "Yeah, because of Green Bay." And Ron says like acts like he doesn't really know about it. Yeah. There's multiple clarifications later. The the end result is Ron Rivera's clarification is that he is such an optimist. He just really thought they were going to win yes. and didn't look forward to see this fact that they may not be able to. Now, I don't know what to make of that. It, I, I am – this is breaking news. I would not classify myself as an optimist. Oh, interesting. I don't live, <laughs> I don't live in that yeah. space. So to me, I'm always starting with what could go wrong and then work my way up yeah. the food chain. So I don't even understand how that's conceivable. But I think to me it says something about – his level of optimism, I don't want to say he's delusional, but I will just say that, like, you can't have a level of optimism that is blind to reality to that degree. Sure. And if you truly didn't know that you could be eliminated with a loss, I – and this, again, ties in with the Wentz thing. If you want to if you want to make the call on Wentz because you have no – got to do something, okay. But when you would then go around and say, you you, know, you may have questions, I don't, it, it rings true. It rings to this point of just overly optimistic, and I don't think that's helping anybody. And I think this is like I feel like these are almost like two bookend moments to a degree of, of how this season went. His optimism helps the day to day, keeps them centered through tough times, but to what end? Like you, you got to have some reality check up to what you're dealing with. Yeah, and you know, like uh, sure, yes, so I'm, I'm not disputing any of that. Just, it just ranks so low on the things that like make me mad as a fan today. Like maybe it, maybe it legitimately makes some people mad, and that that yes, like I'm, oh, it, I, I'm, I'll validate that. Like. You know, like what ticks me off is twelve men on the field um, on a key third down play. Yeah. Like, because that's coaching too, and two false starts on the final offensive drive. That's coaching too. Getting outclassed by the Cleveland freaking Browns. That's annoying. Like, that's annoying as a person. Like, just you know, I didn't grow up a fan of this team. I didn't grow up here. I've been covering them for a long time. Like, just that's annoying as a paying customer to. Have have to come out here and watch your team get outclassed by the Cleveland freaking Browns, like who weren't playing for anything essentially. I mean, the, 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 evidenced by 
they go for it on the fourth down. You know, they go for it on fourth and three from the goal line. Like, that was a team playing with nothing to lose. And I don't mean that in the good, like, ah, they had nothing to lose. way. But it was like, this was clearly like a, a Deshaun Watson practice to try to get him in some situational football. And, like, you know, that was why they did a lot of what they did. And he didn't necessarily succeed either in those things. Uh, bookend moments. Uh, the crowd chanting for Heineke today uh, and the crowd chanting sell the team earlier this year. Have we had two momentous crowd moments like that in a season before? Like, I, I'm struggling to think of, like, momentous, the crowd has been heard moments, period. Um, the hail of the Redskins in, in 12 after, after the late touchdown sealed it against Dallas. That's, you know, that's always going to be on my list. But, like, dude, this the people who tried it out here, Credit to y'all. It's New Year's Day. Like we're all we're all playing through something here today. Like you know, it's one o'clock game. We're all playing through. You came out here. It is a nice day, and they just said we're not gonna take it. We didn't want that guy. Stop shoving it down our throats. Yeah, yeah, no, for 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 sure. That, that, that's true fandom, by the way. Like I just finished that. That's true fandom. Like people, oh, you bad fans don't support the team. Nah, those are people that support the team. I'm banging on the table. Those people support the team. Give them a win. I'm 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 with you, and and I, I'm with you. I don't think him, whether he really didn't know or not about the, the the playoff situation, is not my biggest issue. But I guess from what I'm sort of saying is like the level of uh, I, I, it's not, delusions are too strong of a word. But but you've got to have some be grounded on some level. You are the guy in charge. You want to put your players up and get them flying high. I get that, but like there's got to be some sense of, of understanding. And look, it's not just that he said it at the time they made the trade, he thought it was good. But the times during the season when he openly defended Carson, when he yelled at everybody in Chicago. Yeah. Um, part of the organization when Jason Wright comes out and defends uh, Carson Wentz in an overly aggressive way on social media uh, the, when he was being questioned. Uh, all that, I don't, it, it, it does not come from a place of a sound uh thought as how you're going as an organization and, and whether that's the owner tax, as you mentioned, and everybody's kind of on edge or whatever. But it goes to show that the Wentz thing, probably even more than we re- realized on some level, was troubled. Not necessarily because Carson Wentz did anything wrong other than throwing too many interceptions, mm. but just that something was off the whole time. Um, the game itself, before I let you go, we didn't really talk about that. Um, they get uh, Washington – Closes the first half with a 21-play drive. It was almost yeah. much more of a Heineke-type drive. 11 and a half minutes. 11 and a half minutes, 96 yards. Ends with Carson Wentz reaching over on a fourth and on a fourth and one. They go into the locker room with some momentum, and yet it really just did not stay with them um, on any level. Cleveland comes out third quarter. Uh, the one, the one play that was like not like the standard deal, like Kendall Fuller misses a tackle on Amari Cooper's catch. Cooper goes down the sidelines for a 46-yard touchdown, and then they scored the next another touchdown a, a few minutes later in the in the quarter. Right there, essentially, was, was the game because once they got down uh, two scores, you're like, oh, I don't think this is the day the offense is coming is coming back. What stood out to you just as far as? the game and kind of where it got away. Uh, you know, we're down two scores. We can't win because our $22 million quarterback can't handle that. Yeah. That's all I need to know. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> put a bow on it, put it under the tree, baby. Like that. We're done here. Um, you know, it's coming in this week. I just, I, I, I thought they would win all week. I thought they had to win. I thought they were good enough to win. And as I, I stand here in the press box with you today, shaking my head, I think they're a better team than the Cleveland Browns. I, I think, like the game wasn't played on paper today. 
But I think on paper, this is a better football team than the Cleveland Browns. Th- that's what I just wonder. Like, you know, the game starts terribly. He throws the pick quickly. But, like, look, Cleveland, th- they only had three points yeah. despite, like, they were dominating possession yes. prior to that drive. You know, they've had opportunities. Uh, they got stopped on a fourth down inside the inside the ten yard line, and yet the start of the second half it just doesn't get going. And you know we, we've talked about the quarterback, and obviously that was a problem. But I, I really do think like the Cam Curl, then the to lose John Allen, I just think that made it too tough on a defense that has been good all year for the most part. Yeah. But at some point, you know the next man up thing just only goes so far. When I do my my year end and you do your year end whatever is like i'm not gonna knock the defense for this game sure. doesn't change how i feel about them doesn't change how i feel about them going into next year um defense is fine they they got positions they need to get better at they got things they need to bolster but i love what i saw from the young secondary this year love what i saw from the defensive line this year jamin davis took a step forward please 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 get a real linebacker in and i i think you're good to go here so do you like tutty yeah i'm pro tutty yeah that's yeah. I like mascots. It's fun. You know, like it's fun. I'm not like I know serious football people don't want to like give give the kids a mascot. It's a pig. He's running around. It's fun. Yeah, it's just an incredibly terrible moment to <laughs> to to have revealed it today. Tuddy is still going to have a better day than Sonny Jurgensen has next week, and um, I just we're we're gonna say it a million times. We said it a million times. We said it when they announced it. It's, it's gonna be tough for Sonny next week. Sonny is. Um, for those of you kind of just tuning in, catching up, like, Sonny's struggling. And um, to, to wheel him out here in the cold in front of 40,000 Dallas fans, uh, that's going to be a low point. And you can kind of see that coming already. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Uh, lastly, I'll just say, we mentioned the Tutty thing. They honored the Hogs. Yeah. For, for people who couldn't figure out what the mascot reveal was going to be, the fact that the you know the, the hogs was the, stunned. Right there, there there were a few clues along the way, <laughs> but but they had many of the hogs here. Russ Grimm was here. Jeff Bostic was here. Doc Walker, Donnie Warren, Joe Gibbs here as yeah. well. And you know it's always a fun time to talk to those guys and see those guys. But it is the ultimate reminder that this organization has been garbage on the field since those guys hung it up. And that's why they keep going back to them. It's not just because they were that was a great time. There is nothing in between. Yeah. You can point to the occasional, you know, obviously there, there's a sad aspect with Sean Taylor and you can point to RG3's one year and you can London Fletcher yeah, or whatever. Sure. Santana Moss keeps coming try to out of that tunnel. I I, I want to be fully respectful to Santana Moss, one of the great wide receivers like, I don't want to oversell say in football history, but he really was a great receiver. Yeah. And he had some great moments. But when when that's the face of your decade, it, it wasn't a great decade. Right. And, and that's ultimately the thing here. And, and you know, whatever hope you had about that, here here's the start. And, look, I do feel like, putting aside the record, they are they have improved their roster. Yeah. We talked about the quarterback and the offensive line. The rest of it looks pretty reasonable. But that doesn't mean anything. At some, you know, at, 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 we can keep saying the same thing over and over again. At some point, you actually have to win. And here they go again. Another reminder that not only are they likely here to not make the playoffs, it appears, but that uh, they still don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have, you know, that's a tough place to be. This is a tough place to be. The One of the Cleveland Browns reporters told us to uh, keep our heads up uh, as he was walking out today. That, that's where we are, Ben. That's, that's, that's where that, we are. That, that, that's I mean, like... This wasn't – I've been covering the team since 12. This wasn't the worst game. Um, but when we make the bottom 10 list, 
is a candidate. It's I think it's I think it's on that list. Yeah, that that Giants game that Cousins lost when the Giants had nothing to play for. Sure, the Chiefs game where nobody showed and it was thirty-five nothing at halftime and Shanahan leaked a bunch of stuff. Uh, allegedly, allegedly could have been anybody. Could have been anybody. Um, there have been some duds <coughs> here, but I I think this is on the list. Well, he is the guy that makes a lot of these lists for us. Uh, Michael Phillips, <laughs> Richmond Times Dispatch, at Michael P. R. T. D. on Twitter. Uh, my guy, always appreciate the time. Thanks, of course, again for all the time this past year. Look forward to talking more this year. Happy New Year, Ben. Likewise, and uh, always something. <laughs> <laughs>